Carrie Adams and you're listening to Carrie's Connoisseurs coming to you from Solid Gold Podcasts. Here we talk to the movers and shakers, the drinkers, the dreamers and all the people who make it happen in the liquor and luxury industries from around the world. Well, hello everybody and welcome to Carrie's Connoisseurs. Today in my studio, I've got Gary Jordan. Welcome. How are you? I'm good and you? Very good. I got him because it was the CWG this week in Johannesburg, and that's the only time you ever really come to visit me anymore. But he is one of my favorite people in the whole world, and I've got him for the next three hours, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe more. I don't know. We'll see. You're going to pull me onto the plane. I'm going to pull him back onto the plane to go back to Cape Town. But we've got so much to catch up with. There's Mouse Hall. There's Jordan Winery. There's the new wines that we are to expect. And then there is a Certico, which is one of my very, yeah. very best favorite things. You know that. And we're going to go and have some lunch a little bit later. And we're going to taste some of Gary's Certico, which is in bottle. So there's a huge amount to listen to and talk about. Let's go. Gary the man. Gary. Everybody should know because okay. I've done this a thousand times with you. But we'll just do a recap for the people who don't know. Gary Jordan has got, believe it or not, after all this chemistry, he's got a gorgeous wife called Kathy, who I also love and adore. And Gary and Kathy are a power team, power couple in South Africa, um, who started Jordan 1993. Yeah. But you also come from these are them Jordan shoes fame. So That's... you talk. Tell my viewers and my listeners. Gary, great to be here and, and wonderful to, to, uh, to share all this with you. Um, you know, from when I was literally so high, just two bricks and a ticky high. Until my son came around, I was the tallest Jordan in the family. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> my friends always said that's because I wore high heels, but that's yeah, not it. That's, that's not it. Um, no, so I'd, I'd always wanted to be a geologist, and uh, everyone who knows me knows I, I walk around with a bag and always always collecting rocks wherever I was He always traveling. wanted to be a geologist, and so he is a geologist, because what Gary Jordan always wants, he always gets. <laughs> so. so I studied geology, became a geologist, was working on the Botswana border, uh, fantastic uh, life. My, uh, my head office was a camel thorn tree, and uh, but it was... Dry, dusty work, and I'd met this wonderful young girl uh, who was still at high school. I met Kathy when, really? when she was at high school, so and I was at the university. Sweetheart. Yeah, how cute is that? And um, and anyway, I, uh, I I'd really fallen in love with wine, not just Kathy, and uh, I wanted to make wine, not just grow grapes. And so uh, when I chatted to my dad, he'd initially been upset I wasn't going to go into the family business because. You know? So did he start the Jordan Shoes no, business? No, my great-grandfather oh, great in the 1800s came out uh, from the Midlands of England and uh, and started Jordan Shoes in Wellington. It was also a massive success. Yeah. We all wore them to school. Yeah. There was no other school shoe other and, than a and, Jordan and shoe. And Miles Mossop, also a very good uh, CWG mm. winemaking friend, his grandfather was the tanner. He, was he? He oh, started Western right. Tanning. I remember. Yeah. I remember interviewing Miles's father, Tony yeah, Mossop. That's right. And he told me about that tannery. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, so uh, my dad had always said, look, the bouquet of old wines is much nicer than that of old shoes. <laughs> yes. So I'd he say. wasn't too unhappy that, uh, that uh, you know, I didn't go into the shoe business. Um, but then because we wanted to do it seriously and actually study and get the, the, the sort of the chemistry behind winemaking too. Um, Kathy and I moved to the United States. Uh, we were offered positions at University of California at Davis, yes. one of the top wine schools Quite in the world. Nice. <laughs> and, uh, it's nice work if you can get it or if you've got enough boxes of shoes to pay for it. And, and then uh, we actually worked in the industry there for a year together just to see if we could work together. And driving into San Francisco one morning, we heard on the radio Nelson Mandela was about to be released. And we looked at each other and we said, Now's our time to go back to South Africa. I was living in England. I heard the same bullshit. And we all came flying back. <laughs> we, we did, <laughs> Said, didn't I we? I didn't buy wine from <laughs> <laughs> I did buy wine from it, but much later. <laughs> yeah. So the, the rest is history. We came back to South Africa, built and designed the, uh, the winery, and uh, started off with a bang in the, in the sort of mid-1990s. So the farm 
was not in the Jordan family until you bought it. No, so my uh, my great grandfather great grandfather was mayor of Wellington. Grandfather was mayor of Wellington. Thank God, by the time I came around, I wasn't mayor of Wellington. <laughs> we had a, a little bit closer to we, we had a family farm in Wellington, and I yeah. used to cycle out to the to the farm and go and work there on weekends. Absolutely loved uh, loved the whole idea of farming and growing things and making wine. I think I made my first wine aged three, and it was undrinkable. Yes, I'm sure. How <laughs> <laughs> we've come, and and do you not miss? You don't miss geology. I use it every day. Do you? Yeah. Probably why you got such nice wine. <laughs> you know, you you have to Soils understand. Soils are quite important. You have to understand what's, <laughs> yeah. what's happening in the soil to yeah. to make good wines. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, so you and Cass got married when? We got married on the Brock in Stellenbosch, 1987. And uh, it was an amazing time, I think, in, in South Africa's history. Nobody knew what was going to happen. No. Um, and, and that's when we went to California. Okay. So, and we so went to California for years. you made an honest woman before you went to America. <laughs> I did. Because, you know, it was interesting when... Uh, when I uh, when I met Kathy, um, and ultimately she she finished high school in in Cape Town, um, and then we had in those days in the bad old days you had two years compulsory military service yeah. or, or three years in jail. You did have a choice. Yeah, you could go to DB. Yep, and uh, and anyway, so Kathy was. I think those two years were really good for all of you boys. I think we need. You I think came we need back that again. From those two years in the armed forces. Yeah. There was nobody waiting on the platform yeah. to say, hello, boys, we're so sorry. We sent you away to a war that you didn't know anything about and you didn't really understand why you were there. And you weren't allowed to tell anybody what you were doing. And we know that you've been traumatized and you've shot a few people and what have you. But there was no fanfare. There were no dancing girls. There was no laid on psychology or, yeah. you know, debriefing. or None of that. No, stuff. we're going to pay for your education. Yeah. You real men. You came back and you and I always say your our generation made one of the most successful economies or the most successful economy in Africa. Yeah. As a direct result of that discipline. I mean they say all around the world if uh, no, it you was know, amazing. They, they want to employ South Africans because we can do things. We get things done. A boer mark a plan. Exactly. And for those of you who don't speak Afrikaans, it means a farmer makes a plan. Yeah. And you do. To yeah. this day you still make a plan. So anyway, Kathy ended up in France studying studying in Cannes in Normandy, and then later on in uh, um, in Exxon Provence. What did she study? So at university, she studied um, or no, something, right? BCom financial management. Oh God, that's handy. Yeah. That's probably so, why the farm makes money. <laughs> we need some <laughs> well, need some brains <laughs> brains in the family. <laughs> yeah, you know, silly old Gary. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, so she wrote me this letter. This young eighty only just turned eighteen years old. Uh, wrote me this letter to say she'd fallen in love with some uh, guy from Boston oh, in America. Girl. Clever girl. And uh, she wasn't sure was she going to wait for me for the two years. <laughs> and I didn't think that was a good idea. Oh. <laughs> so I still had uh, some time before I had to report, uh, you know, for military service. So I sold my whole honey crop. I was keeping bees uh, at the time. Had a lot of honey to sell. Um, <laughs> and I went after my honey. <laughs> And anyway, I, I took Kathy to all the places around the world that I thought that uh, she'd want to go. Yeah, but but the places I wanted to go to. So we started off in Champagne. We went to oh, Alsace. Wow. We went through okay. Burgundy. We went to Bordeaux, and we had a fantastic time. And we had great introductions. And still at the end of it, she looked at me and she said, I'm not sure I'm going to wait for two years. <laughs> That's very clever of her. <laughs> I hope she's taught your daughter to be just as hard to get. Yeah, I, I think Christy is a bit like that. Yes, yeah. I think she is, Yeah, which is good. Anyway, so eventually, uh, two weeks later, Kathy had to go back to university, and I realized I had I only had 14 days left to convince this young girl. So I found a sort of cheap flight to Santorini, um, which is an island of, of Greece. Absolutely this is where Sertico comes exactly. from. <laughs> exactly. So now I know why you're making a Sertico, you bugger. Well, it's... <laughs> There are a number of reasons. Yes. And uh, finally, in one of these 400-year-old ancient vines, they grow like bush vines. It looks like a basket. Uh, they're called kulura. Yeah. And Kathy had Greek uh, ancestry, although she knew nothing about it then, but now she does. And um, and in that basket, I've got a photograph of it. Did you put uh, a ring? 
No, I didn't put a ring. Not, not at Gary, that age. Gary, don't no. you know girls like things in little velvet boxes that are shiny? <laughs> she just said she'd wait for me for two years. That's all I asked. Oh, that's all you wanted. <laughs> Good enough. And the rest is history. We... Good enough. And you've had the most brilliant marriage. You've got yeah. two gorgeous children. We have. One of whom is running the farm. What's um? Christy is with us. What's Christy doing? Christy's Christy's at Mass Hall. She's the head distiller, and she's really going great guns. Okay, well, we're going to tell you about Mass Hall as well, because that's that's actually really what I want to talk about, because I love Mass. I love the whole concept of Mass Hall. You don't know what Mass Hall is, but you're going to find out. Anyway, before we go on to Mass Hall, um, Assertico. Yeah. Ancient Greek white wine variety. Yes. I've discovered now why you planted it and why you're going, how's it going in South Africa? Okay, so the reason why we planted it is obviously, as I said, uh, you know, just as uh, I was asking Kathy to wait for me to, for two years. But the, there was then in that sta- at that uh, stage, there was a, um, a two-year quarantine. Uh, I'm sorry. At that stage, there was a uh, 20-year quarantine period in South Africa. So and there why? was a very kind of difficult process to try and get grape varieties brought into the country. You should just have stolen and smuggled. I did. Good boy. <laughs> that's, that's that plan we were talking about. I, I did. But mm. but I, I smuggled in Chardonnay and Cabernet. And eventually, I told the Wine and Spirit Board about yes, it. Yes, you and Donnie DeVille. Because those, no, I did it afterwards. Uh, they didn't even smuggle in Chardonnay. They smuggled in Oxarua. Oh my Which God, was, big uh, mistake. Yeah. <laughs> but no, but uh, the, the, the thing is that Assertico wasn't even on the designated varietal list. They so wouldn't it didn't matter. What it was. You, could, you could smuggle in him, you couldn't do anything with it. Could it. have been a Bougainvillea for Whatever. Yeah. yeah. So it had to be done in the right, right way. And sort of after, um, after 1994, things became a little easier le- law wise, the, there were some things were changed. Um, the quarantine period was brought down more recently to five years because they realized there was no way that they could identify viruses like you could in, in nurseries no. in, in Europe, yeah. for instance. And um, as long as you had a phytosanitary certificate coming from a designated, recognized uh, nursery in nursery Europe, then, yeah. they yeah. were okay. And then it was brought down to five years. They still had to do tests. You couldn't bring any soil, so no rootstock. So, but you could bring the sign, the top part. Mm. And uh, anyway, that was that was planted. So did you have to root them and? Yeah, so that was climb. all done. That was all done by Vinpro. Yeah. And if it wasn't for Rosa Kruger, um, she's just brilliant, isn't she, she? She's incredible. A national treasure. Yeah. And so Rosa Kruger got got the sort of show on the road that Assertico and various other varieties uh, mm. that they were looking at could uh, easily come into the country. So the first mother block. Uh, for the the country is now at Jordan Wine Estate. And when was that actually planted? Nine, 2019. A lot happened in 2019. A lot happened in 2019. Yeah. I, the fact that we're all still here after the <laughs> madness that ensued. But anyway, so so have they have you grown them in the basket method? Or we have not? we have grown some in the basket method. Because you don't have to. No, you don't. And tell in, everybody why they did it. So. In Santorini, which is windswept, low, um, low rainfall, right against the sea, mm. um, uh, what was happening is that you'd get sandblasted from, mm. from wind, very harsh conditions. Mm. So a few hundred years back, they realized if they planted these living baskets, what would happen is that the grapes would be on the inside of the basket, protected from both sun mm. and wind. They're so clever. Yeah. Really. And then the leaves would be on the outside, yeah. kind of protecting it. Perfect. Yeah. And the and the bunches hang inside. The ba- bunches are inside. So. And tell me, we know that Assertico likes volcanic soils. Are our soils volcanic in the Cape? Not not, really. vol- not, not volcanic as as you would expect coming from a volcano. But yeah. remember, we have some of the Granalitic. most ancient soils in the world. Yeah. We have six hundred million year old granite. Yeah, people say we've got some of the most ancient soils. The world's all the same age. It isn't actually. <laughs> <laughs> I know some of it was covered Only in sea and you, some of it. You and, I, you and I were there when it started, right? Big time. Yeah. No, big, we're still big here. Bang. <laughs> <laughs> still a big bang. How can we how can we explain to everybody that some soils are old enough? I know that some pieces okay, so, are under so, the sea, but there was still ground under the sea. Sure, but to put it into context, 
Okay, so when when these big granite boulders were formed in Stellenbosch, and the whole area between Constantia, Paul, Stellenbosch, yeah. and even parts of the Swatland are based on this mm. 600 million year old granite. granite. Yeah. So to put that into context, that's 10 times older than anything found in Napa Valley in California. Mm. And at that stage, when these soils were formed, India and, and um, South America and Australia were all part of Africa. It was and all why would continent. we want the soil to be so old? Well, here's the thing. Because <laughs> I'm trying to find reasons why old is nice. Well, old is nice is because they're not in- incredibly fertile. If you've got very fertile soils like you can have with mm. recent soils, yes. volcanic soils, for instance, um, and you get enough rainfall, these vines will grow Go like mad. trees. And I it's mean, all just... leaves and no fruit. Exactly. Yeah. And you don't get the flavor. Vines do need to struggle a little bit. Everything needs to yeah. struggle a bit. Yeah. We've learned that. <laughs> okay, so we've got these lovely old yeah. soils, but not quite volcanic, which is what we know a Sertico likes. Well, it's volcanic in the sense that they were granite plutons formed deep within the a earth. A long time Lots ago. of minerality, yeah. uh, lots of quartz pebbles and tin-bearing ores and black tourmaline. And all these things all I've got a piece a of black something from Jordan that you gave me once. I exactly. keep it on my dressing table. Brings you good luck. And you told me that. Yeah. And every morning I look at it and I think of you and I'm waiting for that good luck. <laughs> I'm still waiting. I think it was 200 years ago you gave it to me. You are... <laughs> I haven't had the good luck yet. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was just before continental drift, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah. Anyway, what, what's, what's nice about the fact where our soils and how, why the 600 million years is so important is about 300 million years after that, India moved off and formed the Himalayas. And um, Australia moved off to the side and thought they could play rugby, and we'll, we'll see about that. Why did they move off? Did we chop them off or did they break off? <laughs> they basically… <laughs> you know, as whiteies, we're not good. We chop people off. Well, South America kind of moved off and then deci- decided to disappear under the uh, under the sort of continents in, into the shelf, and that's why you're getting all those uh, earthquakes along that side of the mm. of uh, of the country. And so they all broke off. Yeah, made different spaces, and now we're stuck with these really, really, really old soils. Old and soils. I think that the soils and surrounded by sea. Surrounded by sea. Yeah. I always say everybody always thinks Cape Town's gorgeous. And it is gorgeous. But it's like an archipelago that's like sticking out into the, this, into the, um, you know, almost down in the South Pole. Yeah. And it's waiting for everything to be, to be battered by everything. And everybody says, Oh, you must come to Cape Town. I love Cape Town on a good day. It only has about three or four good days. For the rest, there's wind, the vines hang onto the <laughs> trellises like so, you know. It's, it's, it's cool, hectic. it's cooler than it should be for yeah. its latitude. Yeah, exactly. But that's that. what makes great wines. Great wine. So we've got this Mediterranean climate really that's much cooler, and especially where you are, because yeah. they just like pop over the, over the mountain a bit. Yeah. And you get those gorgeous, cooling sea breezes. And Jordan's making gorgeous wine. I'm going to taste this Assertico at lunchtime, so I'll tell you about it next time. But you planted in 2019. It's yeah. only 2023, and you've already bottled something. Is it we drinkable? Have. It is. It's fantastic. It's island style, so it's got this racy acidity. Yeah, it's famous for its, for yeah. its high so, acid. But in, in which, which is quite strange because it's one of the last varieties that you harvest um, in the Cape. And, is it? Uh, and normally what would happen, it would be low acid and quite flabby and high. And, and you high know, if you, look at a, if you look at a bunch of Assertico, I can remember being on Santorini and seeing those bunches of Assertico at one stage while I was studying. And the, the skins are quite pale. Mm. And they look almost like they're going to be sun-kissed and sweet, sweet, sweet and low acid. Yeah. And as you say, maybe like a flabby Shannon. Yeah. It's exactly the opposite to yeah. that. It's limey and it's quite citrusy, should be, hey? Yeah. And it's got these paler skins, much paler skins that I'm sure have to be shielded from too much from, direct sunlight. Yeah. So have you got people sort of walking up and down the rows monitoring the, the ripening period yeah. there? Keeping up umbrellas, fans. Just to- <laughs> No, I'm joking. But literally, you can you can farm them so that you don't get too much sun on the on the bunches itself. Mm. Um, but this this racy acidity and this wonderful 
minerally sort of uh, mouthfeel. Yeah, it's gorgeous. like sucking on a stone. And it's almost, on, from memory, I haven't drunk a Sutico for a very long time, but from memory, there's almost like a salinity or like a, yeah. like a clean saltiness at the end of the whole thing. Yeah. Maritime-ish. Very much. And it must be perfect for Jordan because, as I say, you're quite close to the sea. Yeah, so where we've planted it, we're looking directly at False Bay. Yeah. So that's, and that's, oh, 40, you planted that's 14, that 14 kilometers away. Yeah. So it's perfect. Yeah. And, Gay, did you treat it to any oak? No, I don't believe that Certico needs oak. I, no. The younger guys in Santorini are now... Putting, putting it things in, in oak, oak. I think just, they are. Just to be different to their parents and grandparents. And <laughs> I don't think it really works as well. Yeah. Um, I, so what, what we did is I said to the team, the day we planted the Assertico, I said, we're going to start um, learning how to use amphora, these big clay pots. They're gorgeous. Because Assertico, I think, needs amphora and it needs stainless steel. I agree. It needs that cleanliness. Yeah. Hey? It needs that stuff that cuts and right Chardonnay through. does so well in barrel. I think acidico with that no, we do. racy we want acidity. We want, we want to keep it. We want big buttery, gorgeous, romantic, yeah. sexy Chardonnay, and we want linear, clean, yeah, exactly. sharp acidico. Even the name acidico yeah. sounds like it should be. You could yeah. shave with it. Hey? Yeah. <laughs> you could almost. Yeah. So, one vineyard. So no, it's now two vineyards. Okay. So so we've been planting more acidico. We've got about another eight hectares we're planting over yeah. the next two years. Wow. Yeah. And what are the yields like? Sorry, we've got three vineyards now of a certain. You see, you're yeah. so rich that you've forgotten how many. <laughs> <laughs> what are the yields like? So they're quite low because because mm. they're young vines mm. and we don't want to push them too much. Mm. Uh, so we cut off grapes, you know, just after flowering, just to make sure that the vines are in balance at this stage. We'll let them after they're about sort of eight let years old, let them go. And then tell me what sort of bricks are you picking at? So it's about twenty three, twenty four, so oh, it's quite really? it's quite, quite ripe. And yet, and yet we Still only, acid. we only end up at about 13% alcohol. So if you, the, the sort of classic, um, Chardonnay or Cabernet or something, you're picking at 23, 24, you're going to end up at quite high alcohol. Yeah, you do. Um, but here you don't seem to get that conversion. So it's really nice. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So we've got it in bottle and it's a 20, what? 2022. So 20, 2022 we've got and we've just bottled the 2023. Which and is fantastic. Is it getting better? It yes, is. it's funny it how is that amazing. happens. <laughs> As the vines get older. Mm, and yeah. you become you become more familiar with your grapes yeah. and you know, I'm sure who's making your wine? Your son. No. So we have a we have a really great team. Uh, Jacques Nelson, who's now also director at Jordan, has been with us for I think yes, twenty six twenty six or twenty seven years. Um and uh, as a as a team it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And you are you basically staying in England, most of your time at the moment. I mean, you've, you're starting a new business. I'm there, actually, right? right now, we're spending quite a lot of time in Stellenbosch with this whole re- replanting program. Um, Why so are you replanting everything? So we're doing a, a big investment. Uh, we've spent a lot, uh, not just on buildings and on redoing restaurants and, and all the rest, uh, but uh, replanting some vineyards where there'd never been vineyards before or where there'd been some virus um, or varieties that weren't quite suited to to the styles we wanted to make. I was speaking to, to somebody the other day about replacing virus vineyards. And I remember doing quite a lot of sort of studies of, of farms in France, and they used to do it like so. If there was a virus vine in the vineyard, they would take it out and replace it. Immediately. Immediately. Yeah. And I think that that might be a clever way to do it, don't you think? We've done that. We've done that with all our new plantings. Have you? Yeah. Yeah. You've got to eliminate any yes. any problem, and the and the thing is, the virus can spread pretty easily. So mm. it's a it's like leaf roll virus. Um, it affects you know the oh, photosynthesis and you can. Yeah. Um, particularly on reds. Oh my God! It gives that like pinched parsimonious. Yeah. Horrible sort of, and sometimes everybody's oh, we can like. Cedar cigar box tobacco <laughs> balls. It's bloody yeah, so it's leaf rolls. It's you at, know? at the expense of really Flexible. nice black bright fruit. Yes. Yeah. Um, but we've got five vineyards on the farm that my dad planted. In fact, one I planted was my first vineyard. But five vineyards on the farm that are now part of the old vine series. Oh, okay. So we've got this under our time What are they piece. going to be, 35 years old or something? Yes, yeah, like so these that, are now 40 years old. Okay. So we have five vineyards that will outlive me. Good. And they won't come out because... You know, they're just doing so well. Yeah. And, and what we need to know 
or we need to understand is what did we do then on those particular fields now planted to these old vines mm. um, that we can learn from so that new vineyards new that we ones, plant yeah. now will also be able to age. Yes, because it's quite an interesting thing. You know, the rest of the world has got, I mean, I remember speaking to David Nevot about some hundred, over 100-year-old vines in, in Chile, um, Shiraz vines and Grenache vines and yeah. things that are over 100 years. I mean, they can't be producing too much fruit. But he says the yields are not too bad at yeah. all. How did we, we just you know, got at, it a little bit wrong? At, yeah. at university, when you're studying winemaking and so on, mm. all the prof- professors would be saying that, you know, vines you would be replanting after 20 years. Mm. And that was kind of in everybody's psyche. Hey. Within 20 years, you need to replant mm. vineyards. And, of course, most of us know that some of the old vines make some of the best wines. Mm, they do. They're uh, not going to make you Low rich. yield. Yeah, they're not going to make you rich. No. They're going to make you really, really nice wines. But, but flavor-wise… Gorgeous. You can still make great wines from them, and you can charge more for them because and, yeah, you, you need I th- to. I think all it is really is a nice transparent approach to your winemaking that says we've just bottled a brand new Assyrtico. It's two years old, and it's bright and fresh, and it's fun, and it's gorgeous, and you must drink it right now. In fact, come to the farm and you can stick a straw in the grape. You know, Just drink it off the vine sort of thing. And sell it as such. Yeah. And then sell the other stuff as more serious, old, and, and price it accordingly. Mm. Because our wines that are coming from old vines are way too cheap. Yeah. They're way too cheap. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. We South African to... wine in general is too cheap. And you know how we're going to get the world to take us a bit more seriously? As I say, we're this little blob, this little archipelago, not really, but we look like one. At the end of the earth, for goodness sake, nobody knows who we are. Nobody knows where we are, why we are. How are we, are we making such nice wine? Well, you know, if I travel around in America um, and you go on sort of to trade shows or, or go on a marketing trip and you go to certain parts of America and people say, you make wine in Africa? <laughs> I know. You know, know. absolutely incredulous. I know. And, and my standard retort, because most people know about Bordeaux and have collections of great we Bordeaux wines. We got taught wines, by them. No, I always just say that, you know, in our valley, vines were planted before the Dutch drained Bordeaux. It was a swamp before. It was a swamp. Yeah. Bordeaux was a big swamp, yeah. which is one of the reasons why we don't like Merlot. <laughs> we don't like anything that grows in a swamp, quite frankly. No. We don't want that. I think that the Americans are making gorgeous wine. They are. And they're charging a lot uh, And they're charging so much. You know, you, you pay... You can't afford it. It's just simply too expensive. Easily $500 a bottle of wine. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to go and do a trip in Napa. I'm going to find one of those American wine farmers, a very rich, successful one. I'm going to marry him, and I'm going to come back and stay with you at Mouse Hall because Mouse Hall is what you need to hear about now. (laughs) Mouse Hall is where I want to die. Tell everybody about Mouse Hall. Well, you know, Carrie, we've, uh, over the years, uh, the United Kingdom is one of our biggest um, markets. Everybody's. And, and, well, we, we still say. It's 60... the seat of civilization, no. said she, not being bigoted or prejudiced <laughs> in any way. <laughs> 60% of our, of our wine we sell in South Africa and Southern Africa. But, but from an export uh, side of things, uh, the UK is one of our largest markets. Mm. And 14 years ago, we in fact found an abandoned uh, warehouse. I remember you just below. <laughs> just who, who thought you could find an abandoned warehouse below St. Paul's, right on the Thames? Anyway, we built High Timber Restaurant, which has just been a, such a resounding success, it, and it still is. We should be saying cheers to Naline. Yes, yes. Where we are, Naline, if you're listening, <laughs> cheers, darling. Cheers there, uh, and Naline is fantastic. You know, um, it's gorgeous. It used to be that you if, that if you weren't at Grey College, she wouldn't even talk to you. Oh, now, really? Yeah. So Naline's from the Free State. Yeah, Naline's from the Free State. The Pommies would have knocked her into shape long ago, I think. (laughs) (laughs) She stayed on Naval Hill. (laughs) The headquarters of the Navy was in Bloemfontein. (laughs) I know. Anyway, getting back to Mars Hall. So So they found their warehouse on the River Thames. It's like a spitting distance from St. Paul's, really, isn't it? It is, yeah. So it's just down the road from St. Paul's. Any in the us, square mile. Any of us who lived and worked in the city, we knew, because it's just in the city and there's lots of nice pubs. And, th- and there's this beautiful little gem of a restaurant called High Timber. If you go to England 
and you don't go to London, you don't go to Heitzenberg, then shame on you. It's one of the best restaurants in the city still, I think. It's really gorgeous. busy lunch and dinner. Fabulous. And it's and stuffed full of South African wine and, and the meat is gorgeous. It's just, it's a lovely place. We yeah. all love Heitzenberg and it's on the River Thames. So on a beautiful day, there's no better place. And then, not content with an extremely successful wine farm in Stellenbosch, a very successful marriage, two beautiful children, and a fabulous restaurant on the River Thames, they went and bought a property in, I want to say Somerset, but it's not, it's Sussex. No, it is. It's in Sussex. It's in Sussex. Yeah. And it's called Nice Hall. Yeah. Mm. So, Carrie, I, I, um, on one of our sort of trips around the UK, um, I found this abandoned farm as I was going along, and I saw this place was for sale. But it had been in a family for about 100 years. So Aww. the bones of the place were good, but it had been abandoned for 10 years. And you can't believe the brambles and the trees growing into some of the buildings. Well, you like me. I also go around finding abandoned shit and <laughs> broken stuff. And my family keeps saying to me, will you stop hoarding all of this rubbish? Get rid of great granny's rubbish. And you turn yours into beautiful stuff. Yeah. Mine just stays old abandoned stuff. Look, it was quite, it's been quite a project, uh, but it's only 50 minutes southeast of London, and it's on the Kent-East Sussex border. The geology is exactly the same as Champagne and Northern Burgundy. And the soils also, just say, limey soils. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful area. Is the latitude the same as Champagne? It's about... Is it a bit further a, south than Champagne? No, it's about a little further north. Oh, is it north? All, almost the same, but because yeah. of our, but because we're so close to the sea... Yeah. Um, it's actually warmer than... Only uh, Gary and Cathy Jordan can <laughs> buy a bloody wine farm in Brokerbilt, which is like the most expensive real estate in the whole of Britain, and they buy a wine farm. How? Well, How the, the, pri the price has gone up uh, of land oh in the God. UK since we bought. Of course it is. Now has. every Tom, Dick and Harry wants to buy a farm in, mm. <laughs> <laughs> in the UK. Oh. And uh, anyway, we found this, uh, found this wonderful place... The buildings um, all date from the 11th century. So incredible. You know, we on this renovation project now, we're working with 900-year-old floorboards. Are they timber frame buildings? Yes. So made out of oak trees, obviously and cut down. And 900 on, years old. Yeah, and still standing. No Bora beetles or, you see, those certificates work. <laughs> <laughs> I said, to, I said to our builder when I saw uh, signs of Bora Beetle, he said, no, that was probably about 600 years ago. <laughs> I think that guy's dead. <laughs> and they only go for the soft parts. Do they? Yeah. They're not stupid. But it's a, it's, a, it's a wonderful place. There's also an oast house where you'll come and stay. And anybody visiting will be able to come and, um, and stay over. We'll be able to sleep 20 people in total at Mouse Hall. Okay. Come and see how gin is oh, made. Come and see how wine is made. I'm going to build a gauge <laughs> house at the gate. So, is your distillery up and running? Tell it us, because there was a there was a place there that just sort of lent itself to gin distillery, didn't we, it? Yeah, we took the nearest building, which was 1950s uh, barn, basically. I think all asbestos clad, and the asbestos was kind of made in South Africa and shipped over to the UK. Um, and this was our um, pandemic project. So taking off all the asbestos, hazmat suits and all the rest. And we all grew up with asbestos. And we exactly. Died. Yeah. We're absolutely fine. Yeah, and a, we smoked. As a, as a farmer, well, <laughs> I didn't smoke, but I did Well, you I did, did sometimes drink. when you were drunk. You just didn't know you were. Oh, uh, yeah. You, you probably yeah. remember that part. <laughs> and yeah. anyway, we've, we've uh, renovated the whole building. Um, we've done what nobody's done before, and we've put a distillery inside a winery. 14 different licenses. But wow. anyway, it's now it up and running. It must have been like pulling teeth in England. Like, you know. We had to get HMRC to write our, um, our licensing out three times. They I've didn't got an old Mercedes-Benz that needs to be relicensed in my name because my mother died 14 years ago. And I've never changed it. It's anyway, I'm going to give you that job. <laughs> because if you can get 14 licenses... In England, to do that, you probably are the only person who's going to get this car license. The, the difference, though, is in South Africa, you probably have to pay. Oh, I've already paid about 6,000 rand and nothing's been forthcoming. <laughs> in the UK, there's no charge for the licensing. It's just red tape and bureaucracy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you need a 
distilling license, a winemaking license, a compounding so license. So what are you making tonight? A rectification or? license. I'm glad you said rectification. <laughs> I was like, no, what was going to come out of there? I, um, what are you making tonight? Or? So we're making it out of grape spirit, okay. of course, because that's, making our, your own spirit. that's our heritage. Don't yeah. distill it, yeah. yeah. And um, and we grow some of the botanicals on at oh, Mouse lovely. Hall itself. Look, lavender we use a little bit of. Oh, Christian, we've um, got berries. Yes. So we you planted must have blackberries and raspberries. All, and all those sort of things. But um, it's a sort of London dry style. We call it Good, Sussex yeah. dry. Must be lovely. But it's, it's really juniper forward. It's got this wonderful flavor, really smooth. Uh, so we're growing junipers as well. I was going to say, are you growing some juniper? Yeah, but yeah. It's, it's, it's eight years before you get your first crop. Oh, really? Yeah. So we can now see the berries, but they, they'll take two years to ripen They're on gonna the bushes. They're going to tease you for another two years. Exactly. <laughs> In the meantime, if the, the squirrels birds don't get them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and, you've bottled some gin. Yes, so, and it's got amazing awards already just within what the last few months. What have you called months. it? Sussex Dry? Yeah, so it's the Mouse Hall is the name of the property. Yeah. And it's a Sussex dry style. Okay. Wonderful uh, sort of blue natural glass bottle, mm. as you would have found. And with all our sort of diggings on the estate. Like all the old gin bottles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's got that wonderful sort of uh, light blue color. I know the and Queen Mother would have been proud of it. Yeah. I know she loved it. Yeah, got pickled on it. She loved it. I worked for a certain establishment in England for a while that used to do deliveries to, um, what was the place called with an H yeah. something house? Um, just down the road from Buckhouse. Yeah. She drank a lot of gin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she loved it as well. So you. So we've launched the gin. Are you going to sell it in South Africa? Yes. Okay. So as we as we chatting now, the bottles are getting offloaded oh, at Mouse okay. Hall. It's it's uh, it's it's, qu- it's quite difficult in a way. And you think of the UK and Europe want seven hundred milliliter bottles. Yes. Now, you can't use those anywhere else. Yeah. So South Africa wants 750 milliliters. But you can use them in the US. The US has 700 mils as well, don't And they? 750. Yeah, you can have a choice. Yeah. Which is but you just can't send it to South Africa. So, so it's only us. So why are we being so obtuse? Why don't we get... We'll speak to Paul Moschettino. Well... We'll ask him if he'll change that It's for probably us. not his most uh, pressing. urgent... Pressing. <laughs> 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 the most pressing matter. <laughs> Matter to attend to right now, but yeah. but that would be good. That's good. We'll get him. In the meantime, as a way to get around it, we've worked out with the authorities. They're happy for us in the UK and in Europe to use 500 milliliter bottles, and South Africa will too. Yeah, I'm sure that I'm, I'm sure that I'm correct in saying that there are some 700 milliliter bottles of stuff that come into this country. They are, and they don't come in legally. Oh, don't they? No. But the liquor board never took them off the shelf in Norman Goodfellows. Every now and again they would if it hadn't been sort of vetted through somewhere. It's a silly, it's a silly rule. It's, it's, it's so silly and it's, it's, the 40, probably, it's the 43% alcohol as well. Everyone's got 41. So it's we'll, the, No, we, we make it and at Mouse Hall we make it as 43. You should make it at 50. Oh, well, I do. I've got some 53 I'm sure you <laughs> It's in barrel as well. Is it? <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, really? Yeah. Oak barrels? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I'm definitely coming. To no, we, we've, you know, I love gin. It's one of my favorites. You know, our, our nine yards Chardonnay, this mm. wonderful Chardonnay that we barrel ferment at, uh, at Jordan in Stellenbosch. I've, I've worked out that uh, every two months we're sending a container of wine to the UK. But you've got this massive headspace that's open in a container mm. because there's a weight restriction, right? Mm. Wine mm. weighs a lot. Mm. But this, this sort of big open space in the top of a container, I just said to our importing agents, I said, do you mind if I put some barrels in there each, each time you're sending a container? Oh, what a container. good idea. So we've now just had our second lot of barrels. So they ferment uh, the nine yards in, in Stellenbosch. Then I sort out which barrels we want, and they get you into the container. In and they're going into, into uh It's a bit like UK. when they were sending stuff across the channel, yeah. hey, from France to England, yeah. all those And now we're putting gin into ago. them. But also Chardonnay and Pinot Noir, so that's the winemaking side. You've got the best life. <laughs> the best life in the world. It didn't, I know you worked hard for it, but it is the best life. I just so, got to remember where I wake up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> that's what Kathy's there for. She'll remind <laughs> you. Gary, um, what have you planted at Mouse Hall? So we've got Chardonnay and Pinot Noir planted. A little bit of Pinot Meunier um, as an experiment. So you're going to make bubbles. Yeah. So we're going to make bubbles. But we're also making really good still wines. 
That's what I wanted Chardonnay. to know. Chard- the Chardonnay that we've made this year is just slightly higher in alcohol than the wine I've got on the Cape Winemakers Guild auction. Oh, really? Yeah, it's really good. Because you've got... There's somebody trying very hard to get hold of me on this telephone. <laughs> Callum, can you hear this? Sorry, guys. Um, you are Mr. Chardonnay. You make one of the loveliest Chardonnays in South Africa. Thank you. So I wondered if you were, A, going to make a Blanc de Blanc bubble, and B, make a still Chardonnay in England and teach them how to make Chardonnay properly in England. Because we, we could. We're ticking all those boxes. Good. Talk to me. Yeah. So I, I think one of the one of the biggest challenges, not making great um, sparkling wine in England, I think is to make really good still wines. That I give, agree with you. That give the sort of northern part of Burgundy a go for their money. Listen, some of those some of those English bubbles bubbles that I've tasted, they're very nice, but they're bloody expensive. They I mean are. they're really, really, really expensive. I'd rather go and buy a Bollinger or something. You, you know? know, we're paying three thousand three hundred pounds a tonne for grapes in the UK. Now, time's 20-ish. It's a lot of money. It's a lot more than we pay in Stellum. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'd rather go and buy Bollies, quite frankly, or Vilma, or something delicious, you know, or Rina. Yeah. I don't want to buy an English bubbly. Anyway, we better be careful we don't get shot down in flames for that. That's your livelihood going down the drain. Um, but the reality is, is that I've never tasted a really smart Chardonnay coming out of yeah. it. And if those soils are exactly what you say they are, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to make. Yeah. The ripening period just worries me a bit. It worries me too in that um, we know this year we're not going to be able to harvest before the 8th of October. I know oh, that really? already. Because we're at the Cape Winemakers Guild auction till the 7th. Mm. So grape, grape harvesting can't start till the 8th. We're going to have to make an 8-yard Chardonnay instead of 9-yard Chardonnay. <laughs> but anyway, jo- jokes aside um, – you know, the growing conditions are wonderful. We've had some really hot, hot, hot weather. Yeah. Dry. In fact, last year was a little too dry. Yeah. It was really quite, um, quite damaging, I think, to both trees, plants, uh, you know, and grass even in, in the UK. But this year is a bit more balanced. Well, you know, they've got no, they make no provision for water catchment or anything because they've never had a water problem ever. Yeah. Every now and again, there's a there's a bit of a oopsie, and they don't get enough rain, and and then they all go berserk, and they yeah. get sunburnt in the park, and they and they have drought. Well, they pride themselves; they've got leaks down to about ninety percent now. <laughs> <laughs> these <laughs> old so Victorian funny. pipes. It's so funny, but um, the it's the it's the sun sort of. So I suppose you have to just really pay attention to your canopy canopy management, hey? Yeah, for so. ripening. And you know that daylight hours are, are long, much longer than we yes, get in the Yes, until nine Cape. o'clock at night, even. Or even, even later. Yeah. yeah. But the sun has no intensity really at that time, or Jeez. does it? You know, does I, it? I've got a fair skin. I have to walk around in a hat. I all know, the time. we were made I to burn. be in the North Pole, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I burn so easily, but, and I've burned so badly in, in the UK. Yeah. 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 So you've, you're making Chardonnay? Chardonnay, and, Pinot and, Noir. And Pinot Noir. Yeah, and bubbly. Mm. That's fun, exciting. Yeah. Have you bottled any? No, going back to bottle it in the next couple of weeks. Are you? Yeah. I've got to bottle it before the next harvest because we've got to make some, make some space for the new crop to come in. So you've built a full-on winery. You've built everything at Mouse Hall. Yeah. You're an amazing person, you know. You really are. I don't know what we're going to do with keeps you. keeps us busy. I know. We need to stay busy. Yeah. You know, you have to keep moving. You have to stay busy, don't you? But one day I'm going to come back and run the Timbavati. <laughs> I've offered my I know, services I to, know. That's your favorite to be space. on the board. <laughs> that's your favorite space. But you should go on the board now as a sort of a halfer. Yeah. Um, you've, you've got a big bucket list, I know, and you've ticked most of the things on your bucket list. You've just told me the Timbavati is obviously still on your bucket list. What else? What else do you still want to do? You know, we're starting to sell quite a lot of wine in Africa. And people always, uh, you know, winemakers get on the plane in Cape Town and off they fly to Europe or to America or wherever else. And people forget about Africa. It's a great market. And I'm not talking just about South Africa. You know, is there money there? Yeah, there is. You know, one of the biggest, uh, South Africa is about the 16th largest consumer of champagne in the world. I know. There, there are other countries that are lo- in Africa that 
I know. They'd actually take more. Nigeria is huge. Huge. Ghana is huge, I'm told. Anyway, so I'm going to go and work a little bit later in, in um, early November. I'm going to go and work in Victoria Falls and Livingston just for okay. fun. Then meeting Kathy uh, and Christy uh, in Nairobi, and we're doing VIP tastings there. It's so hard. There's big duties to get into all of those countries. There are. There Massive are. duties. That's what the, it makes it so Even difficult. Even though we're all part of SADC. Yeah, it's, SADC, it's crazy. Yeah. SADC doesn't We really... need to sit down and have a meeting with somebody who cares, yeah. you know. But people love wine. Yes. And, and even though there are high duties, they're now buying quite a lot of wine. So yeah. we're then doing a trip through Masamara, go and oh, visit lovely. all our customers, but have fun at the same time. Mm. And then doing a gorilla trek right up in Volcanoes oh, National Park in Rwanda. God, you know who you must speak to? Who? I'll put you in touch. You must speak to Bev and Derek Joubert. Oh, yes. I think Derek had a concession um, in Rwanda yeah. for the gorillas. Okay. I believe that you can walk and walk and walk and walk and sometimes never see the gorilla. Well, I hope that that's not going to be the case <laughs> because it's quite a, quite a climb up into the. It's uh, a huge climb. On it's the a big in the volcano. But there. anyway, we're looking, so looking forward to. Yeah, it's amazing. It's an amazing yeah. thing, and the bloke that's running Rwanda at the moment. He's a bit of a benevolent dictator out here, and he's sort of sorting things out there. But so it should be nice. Well, I believe it's it's a really clean. Yes, he's cleaned up. Kigali is a yes. incredibly clean. Yeah. Clean and, even, he, and even the president there does chicken parade from time to time. That's what I say. He's quite yeah. strict, that bloke. Yeah. Is. I mean, he's got chicken parade. We need a little of that here. Yeah, we need lots of that. Lots of strict, lots of detention. Yeah, <laughs> we need. <laughs> okay, so that's good. Um, Jordan, in, back at home. Yeah. Who's running? Who's the boss there? You're so, no, so we have, a, we have a great team. Alex is part of that team. Um in fact, uh, you know, he studied a BCom financial yes, management, I know. a bit like his mum. Yes. And then he went off and worked for Londolozi for mm. four and a half years. Mm. But uh, working for the Vartis, I think, taught him a lot uh, about dealing with customers and really great um, mm. guest experiences mm. and so on. And he's been now, uh, he created a new position for himself as project manager. <laughs> okay. And he's been he's been uh, redoing the buildings. He built he rebuilt the whole restaurant for Martinez Ferreira. I was going to say, in case any of you missed it, um, Martinez, who used to run Bonpas Road, what was it called? DW eleven thirteen in Dunkeld. You stole him hmm. and took him to Jordan, um, and I believe he's doing wonderfully there. He's and in the restaurant. He's doing amazing things at uh, mm. at Jordan. Really brilliant chef. Yeah. Yeah, and now we're taking my parents' house and turning that into a, um, a sort of multi generational guest lodge, uh, rim flow pool. Um, Have you lost both your folks at this stage? No, my, da- my dad. Them? My dad is now still in Somerset West. My my mum passed away There's, a few I years ago. One, yeah, my dad's still on the farm many days. I'm in the week. sure interfering. Yeah, you're going to be the same. Have exactly. you told Alex? <laughs> they all know that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Gary, it's just such an absolute pleasure and a privilege. We're going to go and taste a Certico. We're going to play for a few hours. What time are you flying back to Cape Town? I am flying at seven this evening. Oh, I'm actually flying. No, I'm actually flying to London tonight. Oh, you flying to London? Yeah. Now I've 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 doing a whole road show uh, with. Bevan Newton Johnson and Sam oh. and Sam. Uh, did somebody tell me, from, or did I see that Bevan remarried? Yes. I'm so pleased. Yeah. Give him my best yeah, love. We'll do. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to land in London, go and do a roadshow. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. What's up? I'm, I'm on a plane to London. I'm meeting up with Gordon Newton Johnson, and Samantha O'Keefe. Okay. <laughs> And we're doing and we're doing a, a Cape Winemakers Guild Roadshow around Europe. Oh, fabulous! Uh, okay, before coming back to to the Cape. Yeah, well, there's not too much time for sitting around and <laughs> twiddling your thumbs by the sound of things, yeah. hey? And where's Kath at the moment? Is she in Cape Town? No, so Kathy's at Mouse Hall. We we in fact now we now that all the buildings have been renovated, she's now moving us from the Oast House in, back into the main house. <laughs> I've managed that every time. Every time that we've been moving, she's she's the mover. she's there, and you're away on business. I know. So many me, boys get right just like that. I know. She called me just before this to say that the bottles had arrived, and uh, you know where where, where how, are you? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> she's got to be the forklift driver today because because Brian is is on leave and he's actually gone on holiday to France. So um, you're lucky you've got Kathy. You know yeah. that. 
She's lucky she got you too. But she's just about to run the Berlin Marathon. So this is what she does. She runs marathons. Uh, in July, she did the what Cathedral you, what Peak. What do you take in the morning when you get up, you two? <laughs> huh? I want to have some. I drink for both of is. us and she runs for both <laughs> of us. It's a good, it's a good system. Gary, what an amazing duo. What an unbelievable family and how lucky we are to have you. England don't know how lucky they are to have sort of adopted you a little bit as well. Such a privilege, always. Thank you for coming to talk to me. Thanks, I'll Gary. tell you all what this Assertico tastes like. How much do we pay for Sort of ish for a bottle of a surgical. It's not terribly expensive. It'll be around two fifty. Okay. Yeah. I'll tell you all the next thing or in my next newsletter, in fact, I'll tell you about this Assertico. And if it's nice, I promise you you ought to go and buy a bottle. Once you fall in love with a surgical, you just fall in love, don't you? You do. <laughs> you never ever want another lover in summer. <laughs> or winter. Or winter. <laughs> no, sometimes winter we want somebody a bit more velvety and soft and red. You'll be able to find that at Jordan. We'll find it all. Cobbler's Hill. Yeah. Oh, and Sophia. I have to tell you that I tasted a bottle. I opened an old bottle of Cobbler's Hill the other night that was in my cellar. I can't remember what vintage it was. I think I might even have sent you a message. I don't remember. Of course you wouldn't. You probably were also drinking one. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so delicious. It was honestly, it was silky. But it was still bright and it was old. When I say it was old, it was good, like 11 years yeah. old or something. And I, you know I me, mean? I don't do old South African wine as a general rule. But it was silky. It was a bit like very fine suede. I remember my mother had a very mm. expensive calfskin coat of sorts, which I suppose we shouldn't ever admit to at this stage of the game. But it's she what did. you did. She yeah. did. <laughs> And I remember it felt so gorgeous. That's what that wine felt like going down my throat. It was just <laughs> delicious. And bright berry fruit still. Yeah. Clear, clean berry fruit. Just gorgeous. If you don't start with the fruit, you don't end with the fruit. No, so. well, that's the thing. That's a blooming volcano again that we need to get back. <laughs> Gary, thank you, my darling. Thank you so much. Always a privilege. Wonderful to, to be here with you. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.